everybody. Welcome into the How Not to Be a Youth Pastor podcast with your two favorite youth pastors, Kyle and Derek, talking about how we learn every day how not to be a youth pastor. Derek, how are you doing today? I am well. I have a full belly. Um, I can taste the onions I had for lunch in my mouth, which is unpleasant. So if you have any gum in your office, I would warmly welcome it. Just a real quick tip to all of our listeners. Raw onions for lunch is not a substantial not, meal. I, <laughs> well, that's all I can afford. <laughs> Which is fitting because today we're talking about finances, finances. and youth ministry. Woo! Oh, yes. Talking about the money. Today's quick question, Derek, how much do you make before taxes? Well, I'm kidding. <laughs> so here's how my salary is broken down. I get any free leftovers from the events that I host. I get to utilize that. And every once in a while, I get a check. So Hey, there you go. We actually, uh, we recently did uh, communion on a Wednesday night with our youth students. And so I got to take home a little bit of extra bread and grape juice. And I was pretty, pretty psyched about it. But that's not, that's not our quick question of the day. That's the body of uh, Christ. You munch on that casually. Well, that part, at that point, it's just bread. Yeah. It reverts back the, the, to... <laughs> that's our theology. Thank you, Assemblies of God. Oh, dear. Uh, no, we're, uh, it's Christmas season. Uh, and so, Derek, I want to ask you today, uh, what's your favorite Christmas movie? You know, it's funny because we literally established this question ahead of time, and I thought to myself, I should probably think of this because I don't know mm-hmm. what my favorite movie is. But um, I have a few, but I'm, if I had to pick one... I am an avid fan of Home Alone, the nice. original. Yep. Number two is also very good, mm-hmm. but um, three and four are about as useful as toilet paper. Fair. Have you seen the uh, the remake? No. They just came out A with, remake? Yeah, this year they came out with like like new kid, obviously. Uh, I have, Same house or different house? I don't know. I haven't seen it. Okay. I have... Well, listeners, you got to help us out. Uh, I mean, we could just go watch it ourselves, but I have heard... Maybe for one podcast, we can watch the movie together. And live commentary. <laughs> yeah. It'd be we, like an hour can, and a half long episode. We explain the movie. Well, we'll, we'll just kind of break it down like a good sportscaster. Oh, he got hit in the face with an iron. Look at that. Yeah. Uh, I've heard it's terrible. I mean, I would assume yeah, so. You can't you remake just, a classic like that. Just don't even bother. Uh, yeah. But if we have any listeners, please reach out to us. Uh, yeah. How not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. We'd love to hear how horrible the new Home Alone movie is. What's your favorite, it. Kyle? I gotta uh, know. You know, uh, growing up, our family had a, uh, a tradition where we would all, at some point, uh, you know, throughout the Christmas season, we would all... Uh, get together, make a bunch of popcorn, and watch Elf. Oh, and Elf. To this day, I mean, this is still this is. This, I think actually, this is the twenty year anniversary of of Elf. Of Elf. I think it was made in two thousand one, and uh, it is still uh, one of my favorite movies for sure. When he launches onto that Christmas tree off the couch, <laughs> trying to put the star on top. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's also it's also an underrated scene, but it's probably the thing I laugh at the most in Elf when he is just getting into the department store and they have the announcement over the intercom, and he like looks up at the ceiling like, "What is that? Where did that voice come yeah. from?" I laugh so hard at that scene, and nobody really does, so it's kind of underrated. But I think yeah. it's hilarious. It's just they're they're showing this movie in a theater, and Derek just bursts out <laughs> laughing. He's the only one. Story of my life. It's just obviously, how it works. Yeah. yeah. I I also love. Uh, he's he's getting a little tipsy in the mailroom. Yeah. Uh, with with that other guy, and they all start dancing on the table. The Irish and that jig one, dance. Oh, all yeah. that cracks me up. But uh, yeah, great movie. Uh, real quick is Die Hard. A Christmas movie. Oh, it 100% is. All right, there we go. It's been settled. There's no further discussion needed. Derek has decreed Die Hard is a Christmas movie, and you all can... It's been uh, notarized. You all can use that in any further discussions or arguments you have about the movie. Derek said it, so... It's law. It is law now. That's how things happen in my household, too. (laughs) Things get said, and they're just done. Not by, by you, my wife. But <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say. Uh, all right. So we want to talk today about finances uh, in youth ministry. And I'm, I'm excited for this episode. Uh, one, because you know we did a, a two-part series on mission teams a while back, and that's something that I'm super passionate about. But I think that finances are 
right up there as well. Uh, it's something that I'm super passionate about, but I also am excited because this episode, we're going to be talking about finances within a youth ministry context, but I hope that there are a lot of things uh, in this episode that apply to uh, you know personal finances, yeah. uh, whether you are a, a parent or a student that is listening. Uh, there, there's going to be uh, some different opportunities uh, that that hopefully what we're talking about can apply to to that as well. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say you would never toot your own horn, at least on a microphone. You do it to me all the time, but um, wow, <laughs> <laughs> all in good fun. Um, l- let the record show you like to send videos trashing my fantasy football team and everyone else's and bolstering your own. So that's the the thing. That's I have not on tooting you. my own horn. That's just stating facts. Oh, exactly. <laughs> this is this is what I mean. This is what I mean. But I, I say all that to say Kyle actually like is really good with this stuff. Um, it was funny because he has a plaque. Um, or a trophy, I guess you could say. It's, it's, a it's more of a plaque in your office. Actually, I, I think the technical, I'll look it up while you're talking. I think the technical technical term is a placard. Placard. Or placard. I don't know how is you that, pronounce it. Is that like it. a plaque that's like, like I mean, self-standing? It's, an, it's, it's a nameplate. It's okay. basically what yeah, it is. So he's got this nameplate that I walk into every day and it says on it, spreadsheet guru because he loves spreadsheets. But the funny thing about this is I couldn't remember what it said. And so I just looked up at it and his light in his office just happens to be shining on it to where it's like really, really insanely bright shining off of the metal. So I looked up to see what it was while he was talking and I literally can see yellow rectangles now because that thing was just shining in my <laughs> eyes. So you are the spreadsheet guru and thanks to that, I am now blinded but please inform me of your findings sir if you if i was incorrect in calling it a plaque no i think i think plaque is uh is what the internet is going for place card maybe uh no no, nameplate uh it's more of a nameplate really now i'm gonna i'm gonna admit that i'm on like what looks like the English language learners version of Reddit. Okay. Like this is just this person asked this question eight years and eight months ago and a bunch of people. Why does this always happen on our podcast where we try to get into something serious and then things like Noah Webster come up and placards. Good friend of the show. Oh, I don't man. know, man. Our Anyways. minds are a scary place. But I want, I, I want to kind of turn this over to you, and I know we're going to kind of toss it back and forth. That's good. I don't want to hear you talk but anyway. you are the expert when it comes to finances, spreadsheets, and anything to do with it. I love it. Um, so I don't know. Most people might not be. This is kind of an insider secret. Uh, as far as ministry goes, uh, that Derek and I, being the seasoned youth pastors that we are, we'd like to share this uh, with you all. Uh, Ministry, most ministry, if not all ministry, costs money. Uh, right. Which is which is not something that people know. <laughs> that's that's actually true. That's honestly, there's probably a few people that are like, oh yeah, I suppose. I never really thought about it. Uh, there's there's a couple nuggets in here that I think a lot of people have never really thought about before. So we'll get into those. But ministry, honestly, like ministry costs money, and and there's a lot of different ways to to fund ministry that we're going to talk about today. Uh, and, and one of the things that we are going to talk about is, you know, just being real for a second as youth pastors, uh, most youth ministries don't have the largest portion of the pie to, Mm -hmm. uh, to do ministry with. Uh, I remember when I was in school, I had a class that I took and we had, we had an exercise with, with finances where, uh, we split into groups and each group was given a different budget and we all had to put on like a, a winter retreat or some sort sure. of retreat yep. for our, our hypothetical youth students, but we all had a different amount of money uh, to do it with. And so it was interesting to see what different groups came up with, what they prioritized, you know, spending their money on, uh, you know, the group, we, we had one group that didn't have any money. Interesting. And and so the only money that they could spend was what they charged their students to attend this event. And their what they charged their students was the exact same amount as the person that had like $5,000 to work with for this event. And, you know, they charged the same amount, but then the group with $5,000 just yeah. spent that money 
on, you know, going above and beyond, sure. mm-hmm. uh, you know, making, you know, doing some extra things, but they charged the same amount. And then you had another group that charged way less than that because they prioritized, uh, not having to charge the kids as much yeah, money. So right. it's, it's really interesting. There's a lot of different things you can get into uh, with finances. We'll get into some of them here, but, and some of the principles, like I said, hopefully will, uh, they will go into, uh, you know, helping with personal finances as well as, you know, youth pastors that are hoping to gain some knowledge and insight yeah. for, for ministry. Side note, if you're a youth pastor looking to gain some knowledge and insight with ministry, I'm not entirely convinced you're in the right place. Correct. I hope so. Yeah. The, we'll there, there might be a few nuggets, but there's not we'll like see. meat and potatoes At least here. we'll at least tell you what not to do. Exactly. You exactly. Know? If you want to know what to do, maybe go somewhere else. Yeah. But we'll tell you what not to do. Yeah. Well, and it's it's funny you mentioned that because, I mean, I shouldn't say funny, but it is um, funny. youth ministry does not get the most funds. And like that's, that's to be expected in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. I think you and I both work for two guys that like we highly respect and admire and um, they treat us fair and they treat us well, but at the end of the day, I think there comes that moment where you're going, what I have and what I need, there's a chasm between. Mm-hmm. And so we need to supplement that with something. Or or what I want. Correct. Yeah. And, right. and I'll like I'll say too, you know, do do I have the biggest ministry budget at the church that I work at? No. Do I have nothing? No, like, Correct. Uh, you know, yeah. I, I do work for, you know, and work alongside a, a board and a senior pastor and a team that values youth ministry. Yep. You know, it's, we're not a complete afterthought and there Correct. are some youth ministries that are a complete yep. afterthought. Uh, but at the same time, you know, there's always going to be, I think, a deficit between what you have and what you need to do or what you want to do. Yeah. And if there's not a deficit there, then you just need to dream a little bit better, right. honestly. Yeah. Uh, because you know, there are, there are every year I could I could my budget could triple in the next three years, and there's still going to be things that I have on the horizon that I want to do that cost more money than yeah. what I have because yep. my heart just is like I want to I want to keep pushing. I want to do more for our students. Yep. I want to lower costs for our students, whatever I can do yeah. to, to impact, you know, scholarships so that we have ki- other kids that can attend events or whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. It's, it's one of those things when it's really easy to dream. I think mm-hmm. for a lot of people, dreaming is something that comes fairly easy um, it, because you're thinking of it, you're dreaming of it. You want that. Um, but I think the, the, the tougher part that we need to push through is dreaming beyond, like you're saying, dreaming beyond what we can reasonably do right in this moment. Because um, if you're not pushing that envelope, you're not striving to get to that point. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yep. And so like if you're if you're trying to live in this budget window, like and you're only dreaming in that budget window, like challenge yourself to go like, we don't have nearly enough money to do this. But if one day we did Let's do it because there is a chance somebody comes to you and says, Hey, I love what you're doing. Here's 10 grand. Hey, I love what you're doing. My business is looking for a tax write off. Can we give you 20,000? Like, those are nice gifts, but even like beyond that, um, you, you, you just got to be thinking, you know? And I think there are ways which, if you don't have a ton of money, which as a youth ministry, a lot of times we don't, um, what can we do to supplement that? And I think the first thing that comes to my mind is like fundraising, right? Like we've all been a part of the fundraising where um, your your nephew or your um, son or daughter comes home with like the fundraising sheets of like, hey, like here's a tin of popcorn for 25 bucks that tastes like junk, but like <laughs> I want to get this cool toy. Um, like we've all been a part yep. of that. And I think when you hear the word fundraising, that's the immediate place. Yep your mind goes, but, um, fundraising looks like a lot of different ways. And I want to hear from you, Kyle, kind of like some of the stuff you've done and you've seen in fundraising. Yeah. I think fundraising, uh, you know, the, there's basically two different ways that, you know, you're going to get money to do ministry, uh, as a youth ministry, you're, it's either going to be fundraising or it's going to be built into, uh, you know, the budget at the church and, you know, you're not planning on, like Derek mentioned, like a random gift from somebody. Right. That's not something that you're going to be planning on getting Correct. Uh, in your, in your budget each year. And so when it comes to fundraising, you're either fundraising within your church or you're fundraising outside your church. Yeah. And so I'm going to talk about uh, some different things with fundraising outside the church. 
And then, uh, and then I'll turn it over to you, Derek, because uh, Derek's church has a really, really cool thing that they do as far as fundraising within yeah. uh, uh, their their church as a whole. Um, but we've done we've done some various uh, fundraising, both as a ministry as a whole and for specific things. Like we we don't do a whole lot of fundraising. Uh, just, just for our youth ministry budget, but our mission teams, uh, yeah. you know, episode, I think seven and eight, if you want to go back and listen to them, uh, our mission teams do some different fundraising activities. And the ones that I have seen be really effective are, are the ones where you can mobilize students and, and they really see the vision and the heart behind it. Uh, because if you, if you, there are people within your congregation that want to support you as a ministry, but you can't keep going back to the same well Correct. every single time Yep. versus if you can mobilize your students. One of the things that we do every year for our mission teams is we sell frozen pizzas. There's a company here in Minnesota called Heggie's pizzas. Uh, and they basically their whole ministry, their whole model of business is they have really delicious frozen pizzas. They, sell them to us and then we mark up the cost and sell them out to people yeah. and then we can keep the difference and and put it toward whatever ministry yep. we want to do. Uh, things like that. You'll see some people do this with candy bars or, or different things like that as well. Uh, I, I, like, um, I, I like the pizzas better than uh, candy bars just because there's a little bit more profit margin uh, per pizza versus, you know, if you sell a, 50 cent candy bar for a dollar, you made 50 cents. Correct. Yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> S- sell 10 more and you might have five bucks. What? You guys see that quick math from Derek, man. He, You could tell he came ready for the financial episode. I, I did. I did. I've got that good <laughs> North Central education. Oh, that's amazing. My right now. That's amazing. Uh, hashtag not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> but we, uh, there, there's a lot of different things. The other thing, as far as. Mi- Outside fundraising, the other thing that I'll give a shout out to is uh, when like a lot of sports teams, you'll see they have like those coupon cards yep. uh, that they will sell. I love, uh, there's there's some companies out there that will partner with churches and youth ministries yep. uh, to do that. And if you can partner like local businesses, uh, you've got, you know, the Dairy Queen down the street that'll, you know, part, put their thing on there. And uh, if you get like really high quality places that people want to go, you get a gas one on there. That's huge. Uh, I, I think that those can be really, really effective. And, you know, people can easily, you can market that as you're easily going to make your money back if you yeah. use this throughout the whole next year. Yep. Uh, that can be a really, really good way to uh, fundraise for your youth ministry. Yeah. And if you're sitting there going like, I don't, know how I get that many, like if you live in a smaller town, like I, I mean, I live in, or I minister in a fairly small town relative to Kyle, but what we did when I first got here, we needed to do a fundraiser. And so we approached a local pizza place in our community and they had like a coupon, like, like you, know, you know, when you go to a pizza place and they like slap that thing on the front of like, yep. here's coupons for yep. whatever, like they had a special one for that for us. And so it was like, you know, we sell these cards for 20 bucks and like, there's like $40 worth of coupons on there mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, but like he sold us those cards for 10 bucks, I think. And we sold them for 20. So we make a ton of our profit per card. But what that does is that that indirectly brings business back to their business. Right. Cause yes, like they're doing something nice for us by giving us a discount on this and we get to make that difference in profit. However, they also are getting revenue from people ordering their pizzas. And so um, it's it's something that I think when it comes to fundraising is sometimes it feels like we're just asking and receiving. But I've found what is most effective is if you can partner with outside businesses, with mm-hmm. other people, because it's one of those things where it's like, as the church, we don't want to just be, and we'll get to this later, we don't want to just always be asking, we want to be serving as mm-hmm. well. Yeah, fund- and fundraising can be mutually beneficial Correct. in some ways. It should be, yeah. you know, And um, and yeah, that, there, there, there's a lot of good things. I know um, even outside of mission teams, outside, we're, we're very similar to Kyle. We don't do much fundraising for our budget externally, but uh, we just got done with a big push for missions. Um, we do think called Speed the Light, the big give. And so we approached some businesses and said, hey, would you would you match? Or we mm-hmm. had students going out and asking um, their friends who own a business and that type of thing. And um, it, they're, just, they're just such a different pool of people who have 
money they want to give. And when, like Kyle said, when you can get other people who buy into the vision, buy into the importance of what you're doing, it really allows you to reach a whole other demographic that you never could before. And so, you know, there's, there's, there's just a lot of good stuff outside. But um, as Kyle mentioned too, um, there are some cool things you can do within the church mm-hmm. itself. And so something that my pastor set me up with when I first started here that I thought was amazing and fantastic is uh, one Sunday a year, we did this thing called Project 52 um, because there's 52 weeks in a year. What? Uh, it's, 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 it's a riveting name. He's, he's a genius. But uh, what we do is I get to that Sunday morning is mine as the youth pastor. I get to bring in some students who are going to wave and hang out. They kind of get to have part of the service. But then my entire message is just about my vision. You talk about the importance of vision and dreaming. Mm-hmm. It's my vision of where I want to go with our youth ministry, what I want to do, what we're currently seeing, and then presenting an opportunity for our congregation to join us. And so um, we call it Project 52 because we ask everyone to give us $52 or something or whatever they want to give. But the mm-hmm. idea is $1 a week to invest into our teens. And um, we've seen some fantastic, some fantastic, fantastic support from that. Um, there was one year, um, a couple in our church who was very generous, said, like, we love what you're doing. Here's $3,000, you know, which is triple my yearly budget. Um, yeah. You know, and so like, it's just a great way for, like, yes, there's obviously financials that come in because of that, but it's a great way for you as a youth pastor to um, invite your congregation into what you're doing as a youth ministry so they can get behind you, not just financially, but like with support, prayer, and maybe even getting involved in serving with you. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, there's a, there's a lot of different ways to do it. And so, uh, you know, whether, whether you fundraise or, uh, you know, your church's yearly budget has, has some youth ministry money in there, uh, you've got some money to spend. And, and so that's great. That's awesome. Uh, but budgeting that money, uh, is is super super important and and stewarding it well and yep. something that you know for both of us to to be employed by churches you know one of the things that uh, you know hits me every time I think about it is that you know my my job and everything that I do is being financed by other people's generosity yeah. mm-hmm. and and they don't have to give any of that money but they do. And they do that with an eye on, you know, this money going to furthering the kingdom. And so everything that I like, it's not, I don't think it's enough just to budget as a youth ministry. You should also be tracking what you spend and all, you know, that they kind of go hand in hand. And so, you know, if you have, you know, bigger events that you do throughout the year that you want to allocate some money toward, and then uh, you, you know, want to be able to, you know, maybe take some of your adult volunteers out to lunch or whatever it is that you want to spend money on. uh, At the end of the year, you need to be able to take a look at how you want to shift and manage your money from year to year. And you can only do that if you've actually gone back, not just budgeted for the future of what you want to spend, but also tracking what you actually did spend. Because that's going to bring more accuracy to your budget next year. We just went through as a church, you know, looking at our, not just, uh, this was a couple months ago, but looking at our 2022 ministry budgets and, in order to put together my 2022 ministry budget, I'm looking at what I actually spent in 2021 to get a better idea. Here's what I wanted to spend. Here's what I actually spent. If I underspend in a category three years in a row, I should just lower that category and allocate that money elsewhere. Because odds are you're spending it somewhere else. Right. There's, 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 like, so whenever I feel like you're spending less in one area, you're you're usually spending it more in another Mm -hmm. area. And so if you have... $1,000 $1,000 spent for leadership development and books and resources for students and you're spending 500 of that, you might be spending more money taking kids out to lunch or leaders out right. to lunch. Absolutely. And so like reshift that. I think that's, that's super, that's super wise. Like I said, Kyle, Kyle knows this stuff. And with this type of episode, there's a lot of ways like to construct a budget to, you know, what are good ways to track your mm-hmm. money financially or ministerial 
Um, and so, and I'm guessing you would be happy to direct people to apps and resources you use as well. So yeah, for sure. There's, you know, I, I love Google sheets and, uh, Microsoft Excel. Uh, they're, they're the best. And so, you know, I've got my youth budget on an Excel spreadsheet, uh, and you know, every year I, I kind of, you know, I make a new sheet and I update it and I go from there and I have this, it's on the same sheet where I budget, but then I also track and then I can look at what I spent versus what I planned to spend and yeah. how does it all work out toward the end of the year? I'm making sure that I'm coming in under budget and yep. all of these other things, or just, you know, come way over budget and ask for forgiveness later. That, that's okay too, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it. We love our lead uh, pastors. <laughs> that works better. Better, uh, like for a for a ministry where we are all pulling from the general church fund, yep. that I might be able to pull that off every once in a while. Uh, for your own personal finances, I wouldn't recommend correct <laughs> just correct. spending all of this money. Yeah, and then like, hey, I hope I just have some left over in the bank account. A word, a word on stewardship, quick before we go to actually having a budget and what that looks like. Um, a lot of times you hear the word stewardship and you just assume it means saving and stowing away. Yeah. Um, and I believe that's incorrect. Um, we look at um, the parable of the talents. You have the one guy who was given one, the one guy was given five, the one who was given, was given 10. And we know the 10 and the five guys, they invested it and they, and they made double their return. But the guy who received one dug a hole in the ground and saved it, you know? Yep. And so I think, I know uh, that when it comes to stewardship, we need to be smart. We need to save. We need to put money away. But we also need to step out in faith and spend the money that we have been given and allotted because there's a reason for it. Like money is never supposed to be a security for us. It's supposed to be the means by which we can walk out the things God's calling us to do. And so be wise, be smart, budget. But at the end of the day, steward your money, don't just save it, which I think is something that like we need to be very cognizant of because the last thing we want to do is to, I mean, there's other things we couldn't be doing, but like I'd much rather have a smaller bottom line knowing I did what I was supposed to do when I was supposed to do it versus having a stockpile of cash and just holding on to it, never doing anything with it. Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, when we talk about having a budget uh, as a youth ministry, uh, I have I have my youth ministry budget pulled up here, and what I want to do is just kind of walk through because you can prioritize a lot of different things as a as a ministry. But I want to just go through some of the things that we have in our youth budget, and you know maybe it'll spark something in in your mind of oh yeah that's a that's a good idea or man, I definitely don't want to spend money on that, like whatever it is. But, yep. uh, you know, there's, there's some events that we do, you know, uh, events is the first place that I would start. If you're building a budget from scratch for ministry events is the first place to start. So for us, uh, camp is, is one of the big ones. Uh, the way that our camp finances work, uh, our students pay, you know, the district that puts on the camp directly. And so for me, I build it, like I don't charge them above and beyond that. And so I budget in my budget, really the only thing I'm spending money on is the bus Mm -hmm. to get kids to and from camp. Uh, you know, there are some other things like we have leadership training, leadership development. Uh, that's, that's a really, really important one. Pouring time and, and resources into your leaders and building them up and, uh, you know, growing them is going to grow your ministry. And so if you have regular leadership trainings, uh, we do ours the first Sunday of every month, uh, right after the, we have two services here at Riverdale on Sunday mornings. And so after the second service from noon until 2 PM, we bring lunch in and, and we go through different things within our ministry. We'll talk about different leadership lessons or ministry, you know, trainings that we can do, uh, to further our, our ministry team. Uh, you know, there are a lot of different things, uh, childcare, uh, you know, if I, I try my best to, to provide childcare for those training meetings. If I have leaders that have kids, again, just a way that I can make it easier for them to volunteer in my ministry. Um, you know, you'll also have some, one-time expenses yep. that might be a part of your ministry budget. For example, uh, we just redid our Gaga ball pit. And so I had to budget a bunch of money in order to buy wood and supplies and different things in order to uh, redo the Gaga ball pit. 
Um, you know, looking through this, uh, you know, every once in a while, uh, you know, we'll do some giveaways, uh, within our, uh, within our Wednesday nights or something like that. And that's one that I will definitely, you know, stop and, and touch on here a little bit. Uh, I can't give myself credit for this phrase. I don't know who came up with it or where I heard it first, but, uh, when it comes to youth ministry and ministry in general, uh, the phrase is how you get them is how you keep them. Mm. And when it comes to giveaways, if, if you have a really, really big event where, uh, not, not a big event. If, if you have a, like part of your regular Wednesday nights is, you know, we give out three, four, five gift cards yep. or, or prizes every single week to kids yep. that one that's expensive. Yeah. But two, if, if those prizes stop coming, you're going to see students stop coming. Some students stop mm-hmm. coming because they were there for the prizes, right? They started coming because they had an opportunity to win a prize and that stuck long enough to the point where when that went away, so did they, Yep. uh, you know, versus if, I mean, if God and, and relationships is why they're there, uh, your giveaways can come and go. And that's not the entire reason behind, uh, yeah. why they want to be that's there. Good man. Um, guest speakers. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you want to bring a guest speaker in, or if you as a youth pastor are going to be gone, uh, on, if you have an event that you're going to, or if you're going on vacation and you're going to be miss a Wednesday night and you want to have somebody come in and speak, uh, if you want to budget, uh, to pay them, uh, depending on who they are, like if it's one of your adult leaders, it might not be somebody where like, Hey, like I'm just asking you to step up this week. I'm not yeah. necessarily paying you, but if you're bringing in a missionary that you want to support financially or, or something like that, uh, that can be uh, a really, really cool way to connect with them. And please do that. I mean, yes. you're, you're a gifted speaker. Your kids love you, but there is true value in bringing in someone other than yourself to mm-hmm. just give the kids a different perspective, a different voice, a different something. And by the way, youth pastor, it's okay to take a Wednesday off. It's Mm -hmm. okay to just show up and just be with your students and not be responsible for everything. So that's a big one. Make sure you're bringing people in occasionally if you can. Yeah. And even, you know, it doesn't have to just be when you're gone. Uh, take, take a Wednesday and just shift your perspective where I, I'm not preaching this week. Uh, I can, I can sit and, and watch and observe my students, observe my leaders uh, during the message, during whatever it is that you have in your Wednesday night or whatever night of the week you meet, yeah, uh, you know, just sit back and observe, and then you can, uh, you know, there's there's some valuable information to be gained by yeah. by not preaching on a on a Wednesday night or whatever yeah. week night of the week that you meet. Um, let's see what else to, Oh, we do a parent event once or twice a year, uh, uh it, trying to equip and empower our parents uh, to, to partner. We should really be partnering with them in raising their kids, not the other way around, but sometimes it feels like it's the other way around. I don't know about you, Derek, uh, yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, that can be fun. But, uh, so that's a, that's a really, really good one where, uh, you know, we'll bring in a speaker and, and do like breakfast or, you know, donuts and muffins and coffee and stuff. And, uh, just an opportunity to pour into parents. Yeah. That's uh that's a really fun one. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think what you have to do if you, if you are newer or if you're, and this is, this is personal too. Cause like I am amazed at how many people personally live without a budget. And I'm not saying like you're an idiot for not living with the budget because for some people it works, but, um, I just assume budgets were something that like everybody used and mm-hmm. went by, but it's not, you know? And so I think, what you're saying is, is just, I love what you said earlier about like how when you track your money, you can reallocate things where they need to be. And mm-hmm. so I think when, if you are new to starting a budget, personally or in youth ministry, start somewhere and understand full well, this might get chalked. Like mm-hmm. we might completely redo yep. this budget, but like take what you have, write down what's most important to you. If you're a church that thrives on like taking kids out to lunch and being with students, a good part of your budget should probably go towards that. If you're a church that doesn't do money events, you probably don't need half your budget going to big events. Like you Mm got to take what you have, who you are and marry the two together into something that can work for you and let it be malleable. Don't write it in stone and frame it on your, on your wall. Like, 
write it in pencil. All mm-hmm. right. Like stick with it, live by it. And if it doesn't work, retailer it and rework it. But, um, I think the big word I heard when you did all of that stuff and ran through that is just like priorities. This is who mm-hmm. we are. These are the pillars of our youth ministry. We need to make sure we have the means to run them. And so that's why we're allocating them where they are. Yeah. And look at the context that you're doing youth ministry in. You know, if you if you are in a context where you know that your families are not just swimming in money, right? then allocate some of that budget toward some of those events that you, they have to pay for and utilize your budget to make that event less expensive. So that you're not asking 250 bucks per kid for this retreat or right, whatever exactly. it is. Yeah. You know, make it, make it something that they, they, it's realistic for them to attend. And the financial obstacle is, is not just so burdensome for them that they cannot send their kid to this event, right? right. Uh, you know, or scholarships and different things like that for some of those big events. Uh, you know, we do that for some of our larger events because we want to make sure that kids can get there. Uh, if if the finances is the only hurdle for them, we want to make sure that we have uh, some opportunities to take that barrier away for them. Yeah, and and this is probably common sense, but it might not be. Odds are the ministry. Or, or the place where you minister in the context that you are likely will dictate what budget is given you as well. True. If, if you live in a context where you're surrounded by people who don't have a ton of money, odds are your church won't be swimming in it either because mm-hmm. it's composed of people who are giving what they can. And it might not be, you know, I think of um, there are churches down in Apple Valley, Eden Prairie. Uh, Chaska, Chanhassen. For those of you that don't live in the Twin Cities, there's a North Metro and a South Metro. Yes. The South Metro is swimming in it. Derek and I live on the <laughs> North side. <laughs> yes. And, and again, shout out to our pastors and, and like, we, we are, we are a part of a smaller church. I think mm-hmm. our church is, you know, a hundred, 150 people. And like, we have some insanely generous people and not just like people who are loaded, like people who are giving above and beyond like, and so like, I, I don't want that to seem like it's being ungrateful, but like the point is if you are ministering in a smaller place with a smaller budget, you have to figure out how you can make that work. Because if mm-hmm. you come in and you have these grandiose ideas of putting on a $5,000 event and bringing in food trucks and bringing in, you know, a live band that is highly sought after, the odds are it's not going to work for you. And right. you're going to find yourself in a really deep hole really fast. And so like, what are some of those things that you can do when you have a smaller budget? Because you're going to have to get creative. You're going to have to figure out where you can leverage some things, where you can um, pull resources from. And that just to me goes right back down to what do you have in your church? Like odds are, if you let's go back to that event thing, okay? You want to have an event and you want to do something awesome. You might not be able to hire a food truck, mm-hmm. but you probably know this um, lady in your church who can make cookies like the best of them. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, you can pay her the 50 bucks, the hundred bucks, the 200 bucks, whatever it costs for supplies and say, Hey, will you give to our ministry by making your cookies and then packaging them up and giving them out as kids walk in the door? Like that type of thing. You just have to learn how to get creative if you have a smaller budget. Yeah. There are going to be, uh, there's going to be a lot of different things that, uh, over the course of, a, a year. There's a lot of different things you can prioritize. There's a lot of different things that, that you can and cannot do. Uh, if you're operating with a smaller budget, it's easy to, you know, get the mindset of, oh man, if only I had this, if only I had that. And, and Derek, I don't remember, you know, in our show doc, uh, the, the phrase that we wrote down here was, you know, peeling back your dreams and ideas to something tangible within yep. your context. Yep. Do you remember what we had before we had peeling back? I think watering down. Watering down. That's mm-hmm. what it was. And and because I think watering down your your dreams and ideas is wh- while that is something you can do. I think that peeling it back is a better. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we chose those words carefully because. Yep. 
I, I think of some of the most powerful worship sets that I've ever been a part of and worship experiences I've ever been a part of have been an acoustic guitar and that's it. Yep. You know, lights, not even like one of the most powerful ones. We didn't have a screen with worship lyrics. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of the kids in the room probably didn't even know the words to the Correct. song. Yeah. We're just singing it. Mm -hmm. Like we're, we're trying to like off the top of my head, I'm thinking, I don't know what's another song that we could go into that. I know the chords right, of right. like, uh, let's go into that one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's <laughs> mighty to save. I know the chords <laughs> and it's in the same key. Let's just, <laughs> let's just only mighty, four to it. mighty to save for 20 minutes. Uh -huh. Let's go. Uh -huh. uh, oh, please don't do that. Uh, <laughs> but those, some of those worship sets are the most impactful yeah. worship sets yep. and worship experiences where God just, he, there's no other distractions. There's right. not all the fancy lights and everything. And I think that's where, you know, if you're on a smaller budget, don't lose the dream and the core vision. Right. Of the idea, mm -hmm. it might not have all of the bells and the whistles, but when you're when you're peeling back the layers of what you want to do, don't lose that main focus yeah. of, of whatever it is that you want to do. You can still, like Derek said, I want to. Uh, it'd be awesome to have this food truck in here. Well, why? Yeah, not just right. for. Don't don't think about it just as oh the food truck is expensive and that's why I want to bring it in. No, you want to bring that food truck in because you want to give your kids a a different experience where yep. somebody comes in and serves them and and it's almost a novelty, something right. they might not get on a regular yep. basis. Yep. If I have somebody that's really really good at making cookies or they can make spaghetti for you right. know, twenty kids, mm -hmm. like that's not that hard. Right. They, they can make pulled pork sandwiches for twenty yep. kids. It's like a, every graduation party that Derek and I <laughs> yes. have ever been to. You Don't know, forget those, the walking tacos. <laughs> obviously, obviously, <laughs> you know having somebody come in and make that meal for your bigger event yep. has. You'd be surprised how similar the impact is Correct. on your students, yep. that versus a $5,000 food truck. And I think that's where as the youth pastor, you think that that money equates impact in a lot of ways. Like we, we assume that if we have, if we have a food truck, it's going to be way more impactful than the awesome mom who comes in and makes pulled pork sandwiches. Like when it all boils down, the kids probably couldn't care less. Like if you were honest, like, Hey, yep. Like, would this have been way better if we had food trucks? They'd probably be like, yeah, that would have been cool, but mm -hmm. like, not really, you know? And so I think I love what you said because I think that really is don't lose the why in the how. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't lose why you're doing something and all the details and how you're going to do it because at the end of the day, if you're having, a, if you have a vision and a dream and a desire to do whatever it is that you're doing, odds are mm -hmm. God's been speaking that over you. Yep. You've been hearing from Him, and that's a God-given thing. It might just look different than maybe what you dream of, or maybe even like what someone other church down the road is doing. You know, and um, yeah, I just I, I I love that idea, and it's I think it's just a, a freeing thing that when it comes to money, even personally, if you're a, if you're a person. Um, who is tight at home and you are just trying to figure out how you're going to give your kids or your spouse or yourself this grandiose, awesome thing. Like it's in the why, not in the how, mm -hmm. you know, like don't be just like, it's so freeing to know um, impact is not equated to value, you know, like it's, yep. it's important to just have that impact. And um, yeah. And so and if you do have a smaller budget, like, Get creative, learn the importance, but then also maybe for you, it's figuring out creative ways of how to bolster that budget. You know, maybe mm -hmm. if you're in a ministry context, maybe you do approach your senior pastor and ask, can we do something like I, that we do at my church, Project 52? Maybe it's you have your dad or your mom is a business person or knows a business person and they're a family friend and you say, hey, um, you know, be professional put a business proposal together and say, here's what we're doing. Would you be willing to partner with us? Like, mm -hmm. don't just accept what you have. Like be looking at, like, I think there's a fine line between contentment and apathy. Yeah. You know, like be content with what you're given, get creative, but don't just assume that's what you have to work with and give up on it. You know, like mm -hmm. always be looking for ways to bolster that budget. Yeah, that's good. And speaking of bolstering our budget, I want to just touch real quick uh, from a youth pastor perspective, you know, in most churches, Maybe the board, but most likely the senior pastor is the one that you know you would go to if you wanted more money 
than than what you have for something coming from the church. Correct. Uh, or or if you maybe it's that project fifty two. You wanna you wanna do this once a year. Uh, with your church and you want to approach your senior pastor to ask for money for your ministry. And one of the tips that I want to give to you, and this may be something that I've said on the podcast before, but go pee before you ask. Maybe. Yep. That's, that's probably good. Otherwise you might go in your pants. (laughs) Uh, No, this isn't asking for a raise. This is asking for money for your budget. (laughs) Um, But honestly, I I tell our adult leaders within our youth ministry all the time that I strive for us to be the most trusted ministry in the building. Good. And what I mean by that is, you know, financially especially. Like we we don't constantly ask for, you know, more or for this or for that. Uh, you know, we are incredibly diligent with what we are given. Uh, I take a lot of pride in tracking the money that I spend and budgeting really well so that our church knows that I am using what I said I was going to use. I'm not blowing my budget every single year. And here's where it's going specifically. And, and I can point to exactly where it's going. Exactly. And when I do ask, you know, on, on occasions where I do ask, I have a clear vision. Like Derek said, you know, whether it's your senior pastor or a business person in your community, you know, I have a clear vision. I'm professional. I'm concise. I want to respect your time. I'm not going to, you know, string you along with this. Like I'm going to come up to you and say, this is exactly, I know exactly how much I'm asking for and why, and here's the vision behind it. And when you put all of these things together, right? Well, you don't ask very often. When you do ask, it's really clear. And in the meantime, you're incredibly diligent with what you've been given. There's going to be trust there yeah. so that when you ask, it's much more likely that you're going to get that yes answer because, or, or at least they're going to be much more receptive to it because they trust you. You are a trusted ministry within the building, they know that when we put resources into this ministry, good things happen. Correct. And I think with that too, don't be discouraged or bitter if they say no. No, of course not. You know, like I think that's another thing we could add in there is like they might say no and you may not understand why, but they probably have their reasons why. And so... um and and especially if we're talking about a senior pastor and or the church board or deacons or whatever you want to call them, they see the entire picture. Correct. And as, as much as, like, even for me, I love finances. I would love to see the whole picture, but I don't always get to see the whole picture. And I'm okay with that because God placed the people in those positions right now for this purpose. And, and I love them and I trust them. And so if I ask financially for something and the answer is no, that I'm, I'm okay with that because I know that, you know, there's, okay, we're going to do something else in our ministries, in our church with this money. And that's going to be awesome too. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. And I, that will happen. Mm Mm-hmm there will be those moments when you will say no. And if you haven't gotten it yet, you will. It's just part of the deal. And so if you do get that no, again, it goes back to don't give up. Mm-hmm. Don't give up on yeah, the dream or the vision. It's a, it's a challenge. It's okay. Well, I'm, I'm still got, I'm going to still try and make this work. Yep. Now I just have slightly different variables that I'm working right. with. Yeah. Um, and as, as I, as I look over this entire show doc and as we kind of like look at this episode, there was one word that we continually said over and over and over again. Um, and it's something that I think is often overlooked, but is fundamental to anything financially, personally, ministerial, and it's just vision, 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 vision. Um, personally speaking, like what is your vision for your budget. If you're if you're a person who's married and kids, what's your vision for your family? If you're a single person who has desires to be a part of your family or desires to have a family one day, what can, what is your vision in the now to set yourself up for that? If you're retired and you are swimming in the dough, what is your vision for the next mm-hmm. whatever it is? And then and the same same thing on ministry too. Like it's biblical. Like if, if you don't have vision, like it will perish, you know, like we need to have 
vision in everything that we are doing and not just wishes, not just dreams. Like um, my vision for my personal budget is to one day afford a Lamborghini. Okay, why? Like, I, 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 what is the vision? Do you want to? Is just, it really? N- no, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. Um, I think they're illegal to drive in North Dakota. Lamborghini. Really? I think why? so. Why? Also, you don't live in North Dakota. No, be, but I, I did for a year. That's fair. And I think, I think it's because the width of them is so long. They like, they, the width is so long. That sounded weird. The width of the car is so. It would be wide. Wide. Is the word you're looking yeah. For. Um, it takes up too much space in the roads, and so like it's that not. It doesn't not make safe. any sense. But also speaking as somebody who's lived in Minnesota their entire life, and I can probably speak for North Dakota as well. You're only really going to get to drive that Lamborghini for like. If you live in North what, Dakota and have a Lamborghini, months? you pick the wrong state to live in. So Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, that seems like a mistake. Yeah. Or you're a snowbird. Let, let's be honest. If that was my vision for my life, um, it would be a pretty sad one because I don't think I'm ever going to afford a Lamborghini. Fair. Nor would I want to. Yeah. You could try to pawn all of the leftover pizza you get from youth <laughs> events. We have traded in. Let's be honest. There's, there's not much <laughs> leftovers. They're like termites. That's so true. But Kyle, I thank you for your expertise. And like I said, I mean... Kyle is the spreadsheet guru and I can't look at his placard too long because it will blind me again. But I'm pretty um, sure a placard is literally just something that you display. Okay. So well, your 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 name black. How's yeah, that? There you go. Okay. Um yeah. Well, you you have a lot of good resources. I'm sure you'd be happy to uh walk people through it. So if you want that, just email us at how not to be a youth pastor at gmail.com. And while you're at it, maybe go to Facebook and and, and not Facebook. Let's let's try Listen, Spotify. We are not on Facebook. This see, is not see, the, 2010, the, Derek. This is not my job. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this, the, you're the closer, all right? And so let me hand this off to you while you wrap us up here. Listen, I said <laughs> while I wrap us up, and now I'm just thinking about turning all of this information into a rap. Put it, <laughs> throw a beat behind it. That'd be incredible. But Trust me, on behalf of everyone who listens to this podcast, we do not want that. No, we really, we really don't. <laughs> but no, we, uh, like Derek said, uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We'd love to uh, hear from you guys. Facebook, apparently. I don't know. Uh, reach out to us on Instagram uh, at Kyle Besh uh, at, uh, I don't even know. Mumford7. Mumford7. Why seven? Um, it's a good number. It's a holy okay, number. It's a holy number. The whole everyone, number of Everyone always says Mumford. Like, like, I'm, like I like sure. Ford and I'm definitely a Chevy guy, but that was more intended to be a play on Mumford and Sons. But yep, yep. nobody who follows me now knows who Mumford and Sons is. Except embarrassing. your Mumford is spelt with three M's. So this is this is true. I don't. I actually don't know. I Mumford and Sons is just two. It, yeah, it's, it's M U M. My okay. last name is M U M M. So you are correct. There you go. Mumford seven and uh, at Kyle Besh. At Kyle Besh. I love it. We'd love to. Yeah, give us a follow on uh, Instagram, and we will promptly follow back because we have nothing better to do that's true in between rounds of practicing gaga ball we will follow you back but uh that's uh that's pretty much all we have for today's episode uh thank you guys so much for listening and i am going to go blow my entire budget on scratch off tickets goodbye Goodbye.